Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, February 1, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, first, let's date back to late last week on Friday. The market had a nice sell into the end of the week, and they closed below the 50-period moving average on the daily chart. Now, at the time, that's the first thing that jumped off the page at me. However, what we have to know is we need follow-through. Whether it's in the northern or southern direction, the market always needs follow-through to quote-unquote confirm a move. Without follow-through, the only thing closing below the 50-period moving average was, was a rope-a-dope. We're going to take a look at a couple of things, a few different charts. We're going to circle back around to the bigger picture. We're going to discuss the bigger picture. We're going to discuss what's in store for this market, what are we looking at, and what should we expect? What are the expectations of how this thing plays out. We're going to begin to discuss some of that tonight. We're going to continue to discuss on that topic and expand upon it, not necessarily every day, but we're going to make it a regular course of business. Let's go back to something that was said a while ago. We're looking for a top. Okay, now the question is, is a top in? And here's the answer. The answer is officially the top really isn't in yet. As far as I'm concerned, I need to see the market close below a certain number. They kind of got there on Friday, but they really didn't have any follow through. It's a little bit sketchy. I need to see confirmation. So here's the deal. Let's look at whether a top is in from a couple of different perspectives. Do I believe that this year we'll see a major correction in the market more than we've seen in quite a while. And yes, that includes the coronavirus correction from February into March of 2020. But here's the qualifier. It's not going to all happen in one shot, and it's not going to be a three or four week event like it was last time. So what I'm looking at is something more painful in terms of time. Painful if you're on the wrong side of the trade. It's going to be more time than a quick little dip down and recovery. That's at least from where I sit. This is my perspective. This is based on my cycle work. And I think this year is the one. So that said, what if the top isn't in? Can they go higher? Can they make new highs yet again? And the answer is, I suppose they can, but I'm not looking for a whole lot higher in the S&P and other indices. Maybe they punch through and make a nominal new high, but from where I sit in the big scheme of things, it really doesn't matter. The higher they go, the harder they fall. Look what we've got from a weekly chart perspective. And by the way, you're wondering 372.14, what does that represent? That was an intraday price. We'll get to that when we review inside the numbers. Back to the weekly chart we had a reversal week. Here's what I'll say about the type of candle and about the type of week and about the type of close to the week that we saw last week. Under normal garden variety market conditions, you're not gonna make a new high. However, obviously there's a caveat. They can always do whatever they want. They can make a new high. When I say this stuff, it's based on the 80-20 rule. The majority of the time, they're just not going to make a new high when doing the thing they did. 
The 20% is in the other camp and it happens, it's an anomaly, it's the ugly duck, call it whatever you want. The reality is, is we have to go with the norm. What normally happens when you see a down week like this? Normally, you're going to see follow through. Do you have to see follow through the following week? And the answer is no, you don't. Why can't the market put in a bearish, wedgish kind of pattern for a couple, three, four weeks, whatever, and then drop again? And the answer is it can. We've seen this many times before. The market can go back and forth using last week's low as a low and using some other number as a high and it goes back and forth and all of a sudden you look back three or four weeks later and you realize, hey, they didn't go anywhere. And then you look at a longer term chart and you realize, hey, they just made a bearish pattern or hey, they just made a bullish pattern. And so therefore, we have to be aware what the market is doing on the shorter term, the longer term, and even the intermediate term because it gives us clues. That's why we have to look at all kinds of different charts, intermediate charts, long-term charts, short-term charts. Things that begin on a short-term chart sometimes morph into longer-term charts. That's why we have to be aware and cognizant of everything. Remember, we're the umpire calling balls and strikes. By the way, what happens if you close a week below yesterday's low? Yesterday meaning last Friday, last week's low. What happens then? Then, as long as it's before a new high is made. Because if a new high is made, all bets are off, there's a different chart setup going on. But right now, if in fact you make a new low on a closing basis for the week before a new high is made, it should be. And this is using the 80-20 rule, but again, the norm would be, it should be. Good night, Irene. What's going on inside the numbers? Couple of things happened today. We'll get back to stocks on the move after the commentary. Let's check out the pre-market commentary and then the before the market or early thoughts. And then you'll see there was a couple, at least one, maybe two juicy things going on inside the numbers. The goal here is to provide something for everybody, not necessarily each and every day. Everybody can't get something every single day out of inside the numbers. Some folks like to trade the S&P 500. They don't like stocks on the move. Other folks like stocks on the move, they're not really interested in the S&P. And then there are those that are interested in both. So therefore, I'm trying to give something to everybody. So let's check out the S&P first. We're basically waking up to a relief rally. GME was only up about five bucks. The dudes from Wall Street Bets must be sleeping in. Just a little levity for the whole GME situation. Let's see what we've got in terms of what's behind the curtain, what's inside my mind waking up Monday morning. The market is bouncing back up from a hard selling last week. We haven't seen real selling in quite some time. We'll see if it's the warning shot we're expecting. Relief rally is normal garden variety behavior regardless of how much and when the market sells. So therefore, we have to realize that we're going to get large swings in both directions. That's part of the corrective phase. We talked about the 50 period moving average. We talked about other charts, but I want to show you some pictures of a couple of other charts. We'll do that in a moment. The high from Friday was 376.67. It's important and is a likely target for the bulls who are trying to stage a repair operation to get the short-term trend pointed back up north. Really, 
Well, let's go see what happened. Set the table, right at the vertical is today's activity. Herein lies a 15-minute chart, and you can see 376.67 was reached late this afternoon. That was the target. The bulls wanted that target. We talked about it long before the market even opened for business. Moving right along. Now, at 8.45, we get into the nitty-gritty. We're discussing, is there a spot where the market would run into overhead resistance, or is there a spot where likely support comes in, and then they would move higher once again? And you have to have both going in in the morning. Why is that? Because you don't know when they open them at the bell. Are they going to run them up north real quick? Are they going to have a shakeout operation and drop the floor out, run them down, shake out the Johnny-come-latelys, and then run them back up north? They do these kind of things all the time. You just don't know what day you're going to get which one. So as long as you know they're doing one of them, and you have the numbers in your back pocket, and you have other things that begin to get into the full-stack neighborhood, then you begin to put a trade together. That's the way this works. Let's see what happened as the day gets underway. How about by 9.35, we've got a beat on the information. If they drop them by chance, 372.14 is a spot of interest where there would normally be support if reached sooner than later. Once again, we're on a 15-minute chart, and what you'll see here is this is a 15-minute chart, so the first 15 minutes of the day, the market hangs around in this neighborhood, then begins to fall. Remember, that post was five minutes after the opening bell. So already, about 45 minutes into the trading day, they're still hanging around 372.14, above it, below it, above it, below it. Let's see what else we've got. Now, if the market was to go down much below 372.14, what's the next spot? Again, we always have to come to the show prepared. An aggressive trader can start a position at the top of the range, but must be willing to add around 371 in order for the thing to paint by numbers. I don't know what happened here with this kind of English, but the words got jumbled. It's busy in the morning. You have to forgive me sometimes for typos and stuff like that. Sometimes I catch them, sometimes I don't. Let's see what else we've got. We know where it's wrong. We don't want to be below 371. So you have a stop area, you have an entry area, and you have a schematic in your hands. Just a reminder at 955, don't get married to the trade. The objective is for a profitable trade like base hits with a trailer as trader's choice. What's a trailer? You keep a portion of the trade on. 20%, 10%, 30%, 35%. You choose what the trailer is, but you have to book some profit. That's the way this business works. They're bouncing as they should. Now, as they move back up, and if you have a trailer on, you're interested where my exits are. So we have our resistance areas up north. That's also translated to where you exit portions of a position. Because a resistance area doesn't mean the market has to get rejected. A resistance area means the market will stop going up at least for a while. So let's move along. What I urge you to do is pause the video, read the notes, go back to the charts to double check the information. 373.60, give or take, is on the table. We're back to the chart. I've switched it to a five minute just so we can magnify the short term moves. And what you see here is 373.60 is the horizontal trend line been moved. And guess what? The market found support where it should have. It bounced up 
to the area it should have, spiked it by a little bit. That's normal garden variety market behavior, but it did find resistance. And what happened? It pulled back and it never once again touched 372.14. And what you'll find in the notes is that when you see that kind of thing happen, that's bullish behavior. As long as they're above 372.14, 373.60s on the table, by 10.33, they did the whole deal and we're moving along. From this point forward, I urge you to pause the video. Read the notes. There's more stuff in here. I just gave you a taste test. I'm not going to read you the whole day's activity. If you're interested, you'll stop and read it. If you're not, you'll move on. That's fair. There's a ton of stuff that a trader can learn from reading inside the numbers every single day. Not only that, but you can take a look at where my numbers are and try and understand where they come from. Use your charts, put lines on your charts, see where the resistance is, see where the support is, understand what's taught in the course, put it all together, put it together with time, put the prices together with full stack information stuff. You'll begin to really uncover how this stuff works. You'll get what I like to call the aha moment. How about stocks on the move? We've got three, only three on the board today, and we had two hit their objectives. One late in the day so it doesn't count, but we'll look at the chart anyway. Why? You'll see. How about MAC? So MAC, here's the deal. Any way you want to cut it up, MAC, if you're painting by the numbers, did the deal. Case in point. Let's say a trader said, hey, came too close, bounced away a little bit, ate time off the clock, and then came into the number. Really not the same trade. I'm going to take a pass. That's fine. Then the second number worked out real nicely. Let's say they didn't say that, and let's say they did take half a trade at the first number, and they bolted on a second half at the second number. Guess what? They bounced up slightly past the first number, they did the deal, the minimum required profit, and then some, and then they pulled back. So in the end, any way you want to look at it, it's a base hit or better. Not the greatest trade in the books, doesn't matter. The base hits pile up, why? Because base hits put you in the hall of fame. You have to have patience and you have to have diligence. It happens over the long term. You're not going into the hall of fame next week. How about GoGo, what do we got here? 11.98 was on the board bright and early. Unfortunately, they ate time off the clock all day long over the number came into it in the last few minutes of the day, spiked it by a touch, and guess what? They started back in the other direction. So what can we say about 11.98 or somewhere in there, a penny or so on either side? It was, in fact, the destination. It just ran out of time at the end of the day. There's nothing to say that had this happened earlier in the day, that wouldn't have been low of day for a nice little rocket ride. We don't know either way. But what it does go to show us is the numbers work. All right, we're back to the daily chart for a reason. Number one, now you know what the 372.14 was all about. That's yesterday's news. It's off the board. But here's something I want to bring forward that we discussed several days ago. If the market was going to come down, it was a here's a spot type of conversation. So we have the 50 period moving average on the daily chart. Fair enough. In a similar neighborhood, you have a 200 period moving average on the 120 minute chart. Interesting. And lo and behold, you have a 100 period moving average on a 240 chart. 
The point here is that when you have moving averages or something else that lines up on a variety of different charts, you have to take notice. That said, I'm not suggesting that anybody should have bought the market on Friday expecting the type of bounce or rally away from that area that we had today. That's not what I'm saying. This is for learning purposes, not for trading purposes always. Sometimes, yes. Sometimes it's a great example. Sometimes it's just for learning purposes. Doesn't mean the thing that just happened was good for a trade. That's not what I'm saying. The trading stuff happens inside the numbers. The learning stuff happens in these videos. Remember, it's the three pillar approach. Pillar number one is understanding the foundation of how markets work. That's taught through the Lazy E-Mini Trader course. The second pillar are these videos, which is continuing education. Inside the numbers is your PhD. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Same thing, it's an all the same market type of scenario. The 20 period moving average for the IWM is the 50 period moving average for the SPY on these particular charts at this particular point in time. Dip below it on Friday, back above it today, no confirmation, no follow through, here we are. We don't know whether they're just going to run sideways for a few days or have a much deeper retracement back up north. If they continue closing back above the 20 period moving average and they begin to work their way higher, technically speaking, there will be nothing wrong with this chart. We have to set that aside from what I believe is the case in 2021, but that doesn't mean I'm going to be right. It means it's what I believe is going to happen based on my work. If I'm wrong, I'll be admitting that I'm wrong. However, at present, it's an early signal, we'll call it, early in the year. We'll leave it at that. Remember, when we discussed dates later in 2020, we discussed a few different dates. A couple of them were in January, and there was also one that's coming up around the third week in February. Doesn't mean something will specifically happen on a specific date. It's a time period to watch out for. Remember, I work on cycles. I believe there will be a cycle culminating around the third week in February. Similar to the SPY, the IWM did put in a reversal week. Having a retracement back up a breakdown candle is what? You got it, normal garden variety market behavior. Doesn't happen 100% of the time, but it happens a lot of the time. While we're on the weekly charts, remember the XLF. We were concerned, or at least I was concerned, whether or not the XLF would recapture a specific price at a weekly close. What was that price? $30.06. Did they do that? You betcha. So what could we say about the XLF at present? We could say they ran all the way back up to retest the high and have since been rejected. They closed below an important price on a weekly close. They recaptured a breakdown candle high on a weekly close. It spells trouble under normal garden variety market conditions for this particular chart. That's the way I see it. What about the folks down at the transportation department and why the hell did you go out of order tonight? It was an accident, I clicked on it and I just rolled with it. 100 period moving average so far at present is support. Now that doesn't mean it's gonna hold, but right now it is holding. If they can push up back to 12.4, 
they can get back to those moving averages and potentially fill a gap up here. But that's a tall order right now. You're going to have to have broad market participation likely for that to happen. Remember, the IWM is my first and single favorite market leading indicator. The transports is number two in terms of favorite market leading indicators. However, it is my favorite canary in the coal mine. Case in point, let's check something out. So where did the transports top out? So far, they've topped out on the 14th of January. Where did the S&P 500 top out? The 26th of January, 12 calendar days later. Where did the IWM top out? Topped out on the 25th of January. What about the Qs? When did they top out? The high was made on the 25th of January. So you see how this works? We talked about it. We discussed rolling tops. We talked about canary in the coal mine and what happens, and here it is in living color. Weekly reversal closes below the 20-week moving average. It'll be very important to see where this week closes. Notice how the transports are into the 20-week moving average, which is home base. No matter what chart we're looking at, it's home base. S&P 500, not there yet. Qs, no dice. IWM, not even close. Financials, no, no. Smash Mouth, uh-uh. So you start to see why I refer to the transports, the folks down at the transportation department, as my canary in the coal mine. We already took a peek at the queues. Is there anything new to report on the queues? Do we have anything different on this chart than we just looked at? And the answer is no. We can simply move it along. Up nicely on a percentage basis today, but that's what happens in, quote-unquote, a relief rally. What about the XLF? When you look at the daily chart of the XLF, look what you've got here. You've got a market that, again, is ahead of the other markets in terms of what it's doing on the downside, and they've been going back and forth, making a bearish, flaggish kind of thing right around the 50-period moving average. It's interesting. It could be considered into a former breakout area, and that is true. We talked about that. But if that doesn't hold and they hang around down here for much longer, they're going to be susceptible to go lower. So we're hashtag reading the tape. Smash Mouth, big run today, up almost 4%. But again, look where this one rolled over. This topped out on the 20th. So it was still after the transports, but before the other markets. Why is that important? Because Smash Mouth or the SMH or the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index is a good proxy for the tech space as a whole. So it's kind of its own canary for the tech space. Funny how these canaries work. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is absolutely true and 100% accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.